If you're a qualified fitness professional, studying to be a fitness professional, sector or industry educator, or generally have an interest in the areas of health, fitness and well-being, then this, the Active IQ podcast, is well worth tuning into. We're the leading awarding organisation for the physical activity sector, keen to explore and share topical content via discussion, conversation, debate and Q&A shows, all with great guests and industry experts. This ensures that we give you, the listener, key insights into all things related to health, exercise, nutrition, mindset and performance. So please like, share and subscribe if you find the content of interest and be sure to check out our website at www.activeiq.co.uk. So hello there, James Clack from Active IQ again here with another episode of the Active IQ podcast, where today I'll be discussing the topic of being a role model as a fitness professional, something which I'm sure has been discussed at length on many fitness qualifications that our listeners may have studied over the years, but is also linked to a number of conversations that are currently happening within the industry right now, particularly around the importance that the role of class instructors and also fitness professionals more generally actually have to play in what is seen to be a growing market with increasing instructor pay, job satisfaction and both member and staff retention. So I'll pop some links into the description of this podcast that will take you to those articles, which you can have a read through. But once again, I'm joined today by Phil Wright, who is a fitness professional and owner and lead coach of P13 Athlete. Once again, an athletic community and coaching program that's based online. And he's also been a regular expert contributor to our Skills Hub content, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts. So welcome along, Phil. How are you doing today? I'm very well, Jen. I'm very well. It's uh, it's Friday. Um, yes, I'm very well. And yeah, great, great to join you on this huge topic. Grand. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be an interesting one. So uh, again, as, I, as I've said in kind of the past couple of podcasts, because this is your number five with us now, and sadly the last one for a while, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get some more in in the future. Absolutely. People can go back and listen to a bit about your, about your background um, and your industry experience by going back to podcast episodes seven and eight, I believe, in the Active IQ series. So again, if we just park that part, not to take anything away from you there, Phil, but people can go back and listen <laughs> to that backstory in a previous episode, if that's all right. So let's get started, shall we? So today's topic, like I said, is all about being a role model in the fitness sector. And it makes a logical or makes sense essentially to start with what the definition of being a role model actually is. So if we go to the good old English dictionary, they state that a role model is a person who is looked to by others as an example to be imitated. And essentially, I guess that's someone who positively influences others. Um, Obviously, we can have bad role models, but we're focusing on the positive ones today. And also someone that encourages us to be a better version of ourselves. Typically, we see these as someone that we want to emulate and learn from, which I think is really, really important. And it's essential that we kind of take note of us being role models within the fitness industry and working as fitness professionals to enhance the service that we offer and, you know, provide our clients, our participants with the best kind of experience that we possibly can and keep them wanting to come back. So regardless of whether we are PTs, group instructors, concierge or front of house staff, working in this industry really 
means that inevitably we're going to interact and hopefully engage with a vast number of people on, on what is a daily basis. And all of these people we do interact with, obviously we can have a positive influence on doing our best to be role models for them and create positive and memorable experiences. But if we look at it from a kind of purely self-focused perspective, being a role model often means that we ourselves as fitness professionals enjoy our jobs more, get more praise and typically have the opportunity to increase our salaries, you know, and there are bills to be paid for everybody. So that, that's obviously a big driver for a lot of people. But in, in relation to that, I was, I was quite in, uh, shocked pleasantly, should I say, to read in one of the reports I mentioned earlier around how the actual instructor pay for, for classes now has hit 100k a year. Yes, UK pounds, British sterling pounds for some instructors. And obviously these are the rock stars as they're called. But that that kind of salary was unimaginable back in the days when I used to teach classes. But I'm, I'm pretty sure, and this is kind of where I'm going to bring you into this, Phil, that being a role model has a large part to play in commanding those kind of salaries, particularly in the kind of boutique setups that are out there. So to bring you into it, I just wondered how you would define being a role model in the context of our sector and how important you feel it is for you to be a role model in terms of, you know, for the clients and participants that you work for, but also the next generation of fitness professionals coming up. So just wonder if you could share your thoughts on that, Phil. Yeah, I think, um, I, th I think the first thing and, and perhaps expanding on some of the comments you've already given, James, in, is that I personally believe that with, the nature of the sector that we work in, health, fitness, um, this is, um, you know, it, it's, it's lifestyle. And whether we perceive ourselves to be role models or not, if we work in this industry, I think we automatically are role models to some degree. We are, you've described being a role model as an example. And I think whether you're a front of house staff, a group instructor, a personal trainer, whether you perceive yourself to be a role model or not is, is kind of one thing. But, but because we work in this sector and people associate us with going to the gym or associate us with choosing a, a, a better meal of a perhaps a not so great meal, um, you know, we, we are examples and it's just, uh, you know, it, it's almost like it's a given. You're, you work in this industry, you are a role model to some degree, and it's perhaps more down to ourselves to decide whether or not we're going to do that actively and proactively, or whether actually we're not, not going to really consider that so much. And, and therefore, it's, it's a vehicle that we can use positively and effectively if we wish to do so, I would say. Um, I, I would, in terms of how important it is, um, I think I would echo Jock. I, I personally believe it's it's really important um, because it's it's something that would hugely influence our um, our uh, reputation. You know, the, our integrity. Um, it, it would demonstrate uh, the values that we hold, um, and it's just a real to connect with people in the right way yeah definitely and I, I mean in terms of that are there any kind of core characteristics that as a fitness professional we should have it from a role being a role model perspective are there any kind of key elements to that you feel or is it not that simple to to kind of define or categorize from your perspective um 
There's a, there's a few things. I mean, I, I think it, it's an opportunity to be different and unique. And, and, you know, we all, we're all very different. And therefore, I don't think we need to feel that we have to conform to a standard norm of what being a role model should be. Um, so I think, you know, we should allow ourselves to, to just be, um, you know, be authentic, be who we are. Um, but I would say um, positivity and having a positive attitude, being sort of solutions focused over problems focused. I think that that is a good characteristic that, that can help us, you know, because generally speaking, people, uh, not always the, the case, but people sort of come with a with a problem they want to fix something whether it's they're not happy with their uh you know health and fitness and they're not happy with their body shape or body size or whether they're looking to achieve a performance goal there's a problem you know we're part of that solution so i think that that very much ties in with that um because our our role is very much people focused i think we need to have integrity uh and and really model that integrity and be be trustworthy, um, and I think to give a couple of, exam- of examples of that, um, it's perhaps something that we'll go into in more detail later on. But you know, our sector—I won't go too much into it—but our sector is sort of rife with with not not necessarily fads all the time. I think we're actually improving in that area, but but sort of products that come and go quite yeah. quickly, um, and I think. As a role model, we we have to be careful with how we associate with certain certain products because you know with research coming out all the time, we're often sort of you know um, changing what the guidelines say and what the guidelines are. And with certain products, you know they they can often end up um, being kicked into the gutter. And if we've associated ourselves with a certain product or or service. Um, and that because ultimately, you know, we're not in control of that product itself. We're just associated with creative at link by wearing the T-shirt and saying that we endorse it. Um, that can often have, uh, you know, an impact on our own reputation. So that's certainly something we need to be mindful of, of who and how we associate with and whether or not that ties in with our own personal values, beliefs, knowledge, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, um, you know, having and, and sharing values, I think, I think that ties in with the authenticity. Um, but I think, I think that's important, you know, because that's how we can, we can connect with people on a personal level, you know, because that's how people do relate with each other. It's find it's commonality. It's finding people who, you know, have sim, similar beliefs and thoughts and, and values to ourselves. So I think that that is really important is to not necessarily wear them on our sleeves, but, you know, communicate what we believe. Um, and again, allowing ourselves to, to, to be brave and be bold and, and put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say leading and inspiring, and perhaps that ties in with some of the, some of the discussion points that you wanted to look at. You know, being a role model is an example that, that people are perhaps going to going to follow, are going to be curious about, are going to move towards, and and also all of a sudden you've got a, a situation whereby there's there's leadership involved, um, and you know to to take being a role model a step further, you know if you actively choose to to lead, then then again 
um, that is a huge vehicle for you as a role model, but it's a, it's a, a new set of skills to, to sort of consider and characteristics to, uh, to actually be a leader uh, and demonstrate leadership qualities. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think also the, the other thing, um, given the nature of the industry that we're in, is that, um, you know, there is, on one hand, this perfect perception of what being active and what being fit and what being healthy is. But actually, um, if you are almost overly extreme about that, you know, you, you could do everything that the books and the textbooks and the guidelines say to the T, uh, and and that might negatively impact you know other parts of your life. So I think I think we also have a, a role to play in in being human and um, and demonstrating balance as well as you know the all the good stuff. I don't know if that makes sense or whether no, I need totally. to sort of give an give an example of that. But you know, clean eating, whether whether we believe on or not in that, you know, that is something that people sometimes strive towards doing is eating good, nutritious food that offers value to the body. Um, yet, actually, you know, the lives that we live occur are very social lives. And, and sometimes, you know, we go to situations where people are perhaps having food and, and types of drinks that maybe wouldn't be perceived as healthy. And I don't think we need to hide away from that or pretend that we don't partake in that as well. Yeah. You know, I think we have a, a, a real responsibility for, for for just demonstrating balance and not, um, you know, encouraging a perhaps extreme view of, of what being healthy, active and fit is, you know, it's, yeah. it's creating a balance that doesn't um, negatively impact on other areas of your life. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I guess it goes back to, you know, there's nothing wrong with being perceived as human. We, we all have these kind of habits and approaches to our lifestyles in terms of our dietary choices our exercise activity choices etc and it it can't be something that we can be so so regimented about all the time it's not healthy for us to do that in a lot of cases so yeah again i don't think necessarily that there is an issue with with this perception of being a, a real human being and doing the things that most people would tend to do in everyday lives but it's about I guess it's spoken about a lot moderation as it always comes back to and finding that balance and, you know, making sure that you are being the best version of yourself and letting those best qualities show through to your participants or clients. I think that's a, that's a really valuable point that you've made there. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I think, um, two little sort of sound bites that perhaps in, in a simple way describe my thoughts on, on role model. Um, one would be, be, be the change that you want to see, you know, and, and that's quite a, a sort of simple thing to understand. Um, and also um, what you, uh, oh gosh, my mind's gone completely blank here, but um, uh, I, I will come back to it. That's my right. mind has gone blank, but it's, yeah, I was, I was having a really good conversation with a friend um, yesterday and, and it was digging into that. It will come to me in a moment. That's fine. You just shout when it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> I will. So there was a couple of bits there that you mentioned, which, which I kind of just wanted to explore a little bit further or, or kind of reinforce really, if, if nothing else. And the first one being around fads. Part of being that role model is, is like you say, you need to take an evidence-based approach to pretty much everything you do, because 
again, it comes back to things we discussed before around accountability. Ultimately, you as the professional, you're going to be accountable or take a fair proportion of that accountability for any client or participant journey which they may undertake. And engaging with fads which may not have been based on sound evidence, research, proven results, etc., then that could be almost like a, a bit of a hiding to nothing or, or kind of negative yeah. view towards your products and services further down the line when you decide actually that's not the way forward anymore and yeah. kind of acknowledge discreetly that it was once a fad. Yeah. So that that kind of rings true, definitely from my perspective. The leadership piece, definitely want to explore a little bit more about that because being a, a fitness professional, you are a leader, whether you like it or not, you have to exhibit some form of leadership qualities in order to, a lot of the time, pick people up and carry them for a certain part of their journey, particularly in the initial phases, I don't yeah. mean literally physically, but you are there to, to be that support mechanism, to be the guide, set the scene, give advice, guidance and, and everything else. That is, that's, there's a lot of leadership qualities and requirements around that. So that's very important. But the thing that really stood out to me that you mentioned was this concept of individuality. Yeah. Because I was going to ask a question in a bit about mentors and, and that kind of thing, because if you read anything around being a role model, a lot of the advice is, you know, find find people that you want to emulate, who you look up to, who you want to be like and learn from them and take their best bits. And that's that's I totally agree with that. But yeah. it's more than that. Take those best bits, but then use that to create your own voice, your own persona and, and own it. Yeah, yeah. Be an individual. Don't be like all the other instructors and all the other PTs and all the other front of house staff in, in the way you approach your role and your job. You know, be unique, be different, stand out. And I think there's a lot in that, a huge amount in that. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad you touched on those bits. And that, I think I think that's perhaps, a, you know, a, a good um, example that brings together two things because I, I totally agree. You know, we have to base what we do and how we do it on good science and, and good evidence to know that it's effective and it's safe. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, you know, there's a the, there's as much importance on that as there should be and as there is on how we do what we do. And therefore, being a role model is is in some ways scientific, but it's also in other ways artistic. It's kind of how we apply ourselves. Um, and it's, it's the skill formed and merged by those, those two key components that kind of allow us to to you know deliver in the way that we deliver um yeah. you know I, I yeah i was um, i don't know whether i've sort of mentioned this story b before but um going back to school i think we can all perhaps relate with a role model that we remember more than any other role model when we were at school because it's such a, a time of, of influence where we're kind of really learning and being developed as people um and I always distinctly remember um, one of the one of the teachers, um, you know, hugely knowledgeable. Now, if if the quality of a teacher was purely based on their level of academic ability and capacity and qualification, then this one tutor would have been at the top of the leaderboard. However, um, you know, he struggled to actually lead and control the classroom and sometimes it got pretty rowdy um and and therefore you know being the role model being a good instructor is not just the knowledge that we have it's how we're able to put it across there 
you know, being creative, inspiring, and and it's all those other things. So, you know, in some ways, there's a real art um, to to what we do and how we how we go about doing it. Yeah, as is so much in in what we do. You know, the how much is science, how much is art form, and how do you quantify in each proportion those things? It, it's very very yeah. difficult. And I, I guess that begs the question then. Do, do we as an industry, I like these kind of questions. <laughs> mm. So just to challenge our sector and industry a little bit, do you, do you think that we pay enough attention to in teaching, installing and developing leadership qualities and the concept of emotional intelligence in, in instructors and trainers? Do you, do you think we spend enough time on that? And yeah. if not, what do you think we could do? Yeah, I think um, I think the fact that we're asking and you're asking that question, you know, is is certainly evidence in my mind to say that we're, that we're not, you know, as far as I understand the qualifications, um, not that much is put into the, you know, the uh, skills around and in leadership. Um, and, and no, and certainly emotional intelligence, and I'm sure the qualifications are moving forward and, and improving all the time. But, but it, yeah, this is, this is another key component and I think even more so with with the way that social media works as as a vehicle for us to connect with the people around us and, and a wider audience. You know, emotional intelligence is and self awareness is is critical yeah. for, for helping us to understand how we're going to be perceived, are the messages that we want to put out there being being taken on board in in the you know, in the vein that they were put out there. And um, you know, these types of things certainly aren't aren't included a lot and and we're almost having to because technology and, and social media have, have developed and, and moved so rapidly you know I, we're we're it's kind of there before we're ready for it yeah. a little bit i think um so so it's not a case of we're all doing really badly it's just a case of figuring out um you know and, and gaining a what a wider understanding of of how we can use them as well as we can, yeah. which I think relates with exactly what you said before. You know, we want to encourage people to be the best versions of themselves. Um, and in order to do that, we need to be able to understand the impact um, of, of how we communicate and what we're saying. Yeah. And I mean, it comes up again. Um, Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, no, I've, I've actually remembered what we're, um, uh, what I was, uh, was struggling to remember from previous. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> do, you to, do you want to drop it in there now, or do you want to say? I, I will. I will. I think. It, I think it does relate with with the discussion around social media. Is what you permit, you promote, um, and it, it sort of ties in. Uh, you know, being a role model and being unique and authentic to ourselves is how it should be. Um, and what I mean by this is, what you permit, you promote. You know, we should be brave enough. To there is a bit of a caveat with it. We should be brave enough to voice our own opinions, yeah. um, and we should be given the space to do so. Um, and when we perhaps don't say anything or call out certain behaviours that com- maybe conflict with our own set of values and beliefs, then passively we're kind of promoting that. We're allowing that to happen. So that's something again to to consider as a role model. Um, now, what I would say with that is that if if all you ever do is shout out at 
what you perceive as the wrong things and bad behaviors and other perhaps fitness professionals who are doing a certain thing or doing things in a certain way that you disagree with, then that that wouldn't be such a positive thing um, because you, you're kind of putting yourself out there as just someone who, um, you, you, you know, all you ever do is talk about how terrible other, other people or other things are. Um, but at the same time, I think it is important for us to, to, to be given the opportunity to voice our opinions and perhaps state when we don't necessarily agree with certain things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, that, and that's a, a great way to connect with people by showing our set of values. You know, and I think again that that links in with um, you know some, something that uh, you know in the in the sort of the preparation for this podcast, the, the discussion point around can you be a role model to everyone or can you be a leader to everyone? So hopefully I've not sort of no. messed up your the order of how you wanted to sort of go through things, but um, I I would I would personally say no. It's it's probably very unlikely that you can be a role model for everyone, you know, because people are just so vastly different in how we see the world um, and how we understand it and what our thoughts and beliefs and values are that it's, it's impossible. Uh, I I would, in my opinion. um, Yeah. And and I guess that goes back to kind of the point we're talking about around education within the industry. And it's, I didn't raise it to be critical of of educational process, but more around the fact that we see a lot of leadership content and skills development in business type qualifications, etc. But yeah, as a fitness industry, as a fitness professional, the, the task and the expectation or in terms of day to day work in the industry is changing so rapidly, like as you say, with things like social media and, and everything else that surrounds that and the expectation to you know, hit certain targets in terms of number of sessions with, with clients, et cetera, et cetera, in order to hold your place on that gym floor or in that class. And therefore, I just think moving forwards, I think it's something which we really do need to focus on in terms of acknowledging how important those leadership qualities and skills are and how we could maybe teach them to fitness professionals from the very outset of their journey into working in the fitness industry and exploring all the, the, the kind of elements of emotional intelligence, which around looking at the, you know, social skills particularly, and that links into what you were saying again around social media, you know, social skills are not just about the face to face. It's about the yeah. interaction at every opportunity. How do you portray yourself in every single interaction that you have with participants, clients, members, whatever we want to call them. And how do you ensure that that is a positive reflection on you and is a call to action almost to those people to take on the best bits uh, that you're offering and create a better version of themselves. So, yeah, I think it's really important, definitely something which we as an industry need to look at more for instructors and um, trainers as well as backroom staff um, who manage and organise the day-to-day runnings of a facility, et cetera. So I think that that's quite important from my perspective. Oh, com- completely. And I, I must say, just going back to one thing that you've already mentioned, James, is what I, what I find really encouraging, because I'm, um, this is purely an observation, is that one of the real challenges that the industry has faced and still continues to face, and, and what I was really encouraged to hear is that the pay um, of 
instructors is is actually going in the right direction and there are now people earning significant amount of money and, and being valued for the service that they offer. I think that is fantastic because, you know, we ultimately all, I'm pretty certain I can speak for everyone in the industry, we all want to be a positive influence. What becomes extremely difficult is over time, if you're not being rewarded for the hard work, the grit, the sweat, the tears that you put into being the person you want to be and, you know, to be that motivator, to be that um, inspiration for people. Um, If you're not being rewarded for that, then it becomes very difficult to to continually be positive. And and there's just airs of of perhaps frustration um, and, uh, you know, bitterness maybe can creep into the way that we are and the way that we project ourselves um and so to hear that those types of things are moving in a positive direction and of course it will take time for that to kind of filter down but i I think is a really positive step because it's such an important role that we that we play in in modern life you know working in this sector and um and i'm sure we've all seen statistics of of dropout rates from people in those first few years. It's difficult to get your foot in the door. It's difficult to become established. It's difficult to get, you know, everything working so that it's a sustainable career. But but I think it's truly an important career. And if people are being rewarded, um, you know, well for that, I think it's significantly easier for us to be, uh, to have that satisfaction, to to continually be that positive influence, and when things you know aren't working like that, uh, I think it becomes very difficult. Um, so yeah, I was really encouraged when you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And and yes, pay is mega important, but it's all of the stuff that wraps around that as well. And a lot of in the pay um, report that, that I alluded to at the start of this podcast. Within there, it's, it's interesting how quite a few facilities actually talk more about the package that they offer their instructors and trainers in terms of not just pay, but really focusing on staff development, you know, CPD and other kind of yeah. perks and benefits. So, yes, whilst pay is mega, mega important, because as I said before, we've all got bills to pay and yeah. lives to lead. But it's it, being a role model isn't just about having a set of and them staying stagnant and that's it. You're always a role model, as I'm sure yeah. people appreciate. It's how can I continually be a better version of myself and what can I do to to enable that and facilitate that? And often, yes, it is around, you know, getting mentors, finding role models of your own, emulating, modeling um, their behaviors, putting your own spin on it and having that uniqueness. But keeping abreast of industry developments, not necessarily some fads which do turn into robust long term um, aspects of our industry, but yeah. identifying what but having the ability to identify what they are. But a large part of that and kind of facilitating that is the ability to engage in regular CPD. And yeah. I kind of want to touch on that in, in just a sec. But before I do, there was a question which I've just thought of, which has come off the back of really what you, what you mentioned before, particularly in relation to the uh, the online kind of social media things and relates to what yeah. you do in, you know, in your previous experience and current experience around your online coaching business. 
and yeah. I just wondered how how do you kind of strive to be a role model when you're not necessarily face to face in the same room as that person do you think that brings its own unique challenges I would assume it would so I was just wondering if it does because I'm sure there are lots of yeah. listeners who are doing that themselves you know they're moving more towards maybe some online coaching etc what advice would you give them around yeah. being a role model uh, well I've, I first wouldn't say that I'm you know I'm an expert in this area I've got some experience in it and I try to go about dealing with that I think with the online aspect of coaching, there is an inevitable detachment between you as a coach and the client, particularly if you're used to working face-to-face with people and seeing clients on a weekly basis or regular basis. So I think unless, of course, you're doing both concurrently and you're supporting face-to-face clients with technology. Um, but if you're, if you're solely coaching online and and by the internet i think it is it is an important part and an engagement with people is is key um because i think it's easy to overlook a significant difference between seeing a client and meeting them face to face every single week and just having those little discussions and those touch points where you break the ice you know you you check in with them on a human level and you just you know how's the dog Oh, how was how was your trip to such and such, um, and and it it's that it's that kind of human rapport and that connection and that conversation for me that just maintains that strong communication. Um, and I think however you do it, obviously we all do it differently and uniquely to ourselves and the way that we can best do that. But I I think that is something that I try to do. So I try to get engagement through just asking those simple human questions regularly. Not the same thing every time, mixing it up a little bit, but just maintaining that connection. So so I'm I'm working harder now than I did when just meeting clients face-to-face to to just have uh, an insight and and feel like I'm, I'm kind of in touch to some degree with what's going on in their lives. Yeah. now, whether that sort of role modeling um, or just being a good communicator or, or connecting with people, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But I think if you are doing or looking to go online coaching, I think that's really important um, because, and I can say this wholeheartedly and, and a mistake that I have made online coaching is that when you just go through the process of being robotic, and streamlining everything and just sending group messages where it's completely impersonable um, and you're just sending the same thing to lots of people with no real, you know, individual connection that, that can relate with them, then you lose people and you don't have that connection and, and that will impact your relationship and ultimately your business. You know, people can easily just drop off, off yeah. the radar and, um, yeah, so whether or not that's advice, um, but but I can say you know I've made mistakes in that area. That's something that I've that I've I've learned and and I really really value the importance of and, and something I try to put effort and time into every week. And I think you've covered you know some really key points there around and indirect what you would maybe consider indirectly, but some of those qualities and and that kind of steps that you've learned 
some by mistakes, as you mentioned, yeah. that is reflected on you with your participants and your clients. And therefore the positive elements that, that you portray do contribute towards you being a role model for them. And funnily enough, one of the, the things I jotted down um, just before we started, it was you, you produced a piece of CPD for us around online training and it kind of fits in nicely with this. And you, you talk a lot in there about the importance of community and using yeah. the community as your brand ambassadors and those kind of things. And on that point to, to reiterate that your brand ambassadors, your community are a direct reflection of you as the, the instructor, trainer, coach, whatever you want to call yourself. And yeah. therefore you have to be a role model and it is a case of almost reaping what you sow. So you're giving out this, whatever portrayal of, of you, your, your approach, your style, the way that you deliver your sessions and people will make decisions as to whether they want to emulate, imitate those positive elements, find those positive elements mm. in the first place. And then, yeah. you know, start to take on bits of your persona themselves when they start talking to their yeah. friends, family and everything else and start doing, you know, the, the kind of stealth promotion of your, your services. And one of the things for me, which we haven't touched on, but is, is community, how you as a role model influence that broader community is so, so important if you want to grow your brand, because if you're, if you're not that role model, you don't have the positive qualities that you know, we would associate with positive role models from the outset, that community will never grow or it will get to a point and it will just stay stagnant. And I've seen it so many times, whether it's outdoor boot camps and things like that, it becomes very insular and close knit and almost shut yeah. to third parties or outsiders, which isn't the most welcoming for, for new participants or engaging for them, which is a real shame. So yeah, yeah I just wanted to, it wasn't really a question. It's just, if you if you're an active iq center and you've got access to the skills hub then do go in and have a look at that if you haven't already because that that notional concept of community and brand ambassadors does link back to how you portray yourself as a role model or, and actually whether you are a role model to your participants yeah i I'm, i think just to reiterate what you said there james is that um community is is such a vehicle and again i you know i'll happily admit that i've made mistakes in this area i think when you first start something you know it's often that honeymoon period where everything's really exciting and you've just got such a natural buzz that uh, you know even on a subconscious level you're putting a lot more effort into into things in that beginning period and then as time goes on um you know and perhaps other things come into the forefront priorities change yep. um things don't roll quite like you'd anticipated you know, perhaps that level of excitement and that energy and that buzz can drift a little bit. Um, and I've made the mistake of with trying to build certain communities, you know, on in that early days, the people who just so happen to be part of the community earlier on benefit more significantly than those who perhaps come into the fray and join at a later point, just yeah. because there's that real buzz. Um, you know, and I've seen exactly what you said there, you know, that growth period, rapid at the beginning and then a, a degree of stagnation at less points uh, you know and that's a reflection of what you you know what you put into it you get out of it and um yet community as you say is such a, a fantastic vehicle for us to be using particularly as role models because people want to be part of something people want to belong to something Tribal. you know and um 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're uh, approaching nearly the end, unfortunately, because we could talk about this all day, I'm sure, but um, I'm sure <laughs> listeners wouldn't want that. Um, they need to go do other things. But no, I guess... there's, there's Game of Thrones to be watched. Yeah, yeah. If you... <laughs> yeah. And, and many other box sets. Exactly. So <laughs> if, if we look to wrap this up then, from, from your perspective, are there a kind of, let's just go with a number three. You can do less, you can do more. But are there, are there, how would you raise or what advice would you give to listeners in terms of raising their role model status? Is there anything particular that stands out to you in terms of actionable or quick things that maybe they can look at doing in order to just up that role model kind of portrayal, should I say? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I would say is try to surround yourself with people that inspire you and and are role models in you know for yourself. Um, because I think you know we can feed off that very positively, and it and it can help us to continually grow and, and improve our ability to to be that role model. So I think that's important. Is kind of you know strategically build your own little community and umbrella of role models for you to, to really feed, learn, thrive and, and grow from. Um, I, I think that that is hugely important, you know, and I've, I've found retrospectively that I've kind of done that subconsciously throughout my career. Um, the periods where I've put more emphasis and prioritized that more have been a real periods of growth. Yeah. And then other periods where, you know, other things have happened in life, then, you know, that kind of, you know, not perhaps developed quite so much. I would say that is the first thing. It's such an important thing um, is to keep our energy levels high because, you know, that's, that's the sector we're in. Um, secondly, I would say that to, to be a role model, um, you know, people will not necessarily depend upon us, um, but, but we will become important to them in, in a variety of different ways, whether that's motivation, whether that's teaching and learning, um, whether it's, you know, assistance in, in answering a question or fixing a problem. And therefore, I think we need to have a degree of consistency of how we deliver. Um, so that could be from a social media perspective. It could be posting at a similar time. It could be posting around a similar topic um, or it could just be, uh, you know, making sure that if you're delivering to a large class, you're there every single week at the right time. At the same time, you know, with the, with the same, you know, persona and character yeah. and level of energy, you know, and state, almost state managing ourselves to, is to be that, that constant in the world of change. So I think that consistency is is really important of the way that we deliver. Um, you said three, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if I didn't come up with a third. Uh, um, I, I think just reiterating, you know, be yourself. Don't try and you know take the good bits from other people who who inspire you and who energize you, um, but but be yourself as well. You know, and and take the good parts and be, be authentic. And whether that's high energy type leadership, whether it's kind of being that parent, or whether it's just a font of of all knowledge, um, be you, because that's that's ultimately who people are going to connect with. Um, and 
over time, you know, the people who you can best serve will gravitate towards you um, if if you are truly authentic and that will just come naturally. And people can see, you know, falsehood and, and people can see, you know, just gen, genuine authenticity. So, so I think just be confident in who you are and allow those natural colours to just shine through. That's a good three, a good top three there, Phil. Yeah, um, yeah I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, just to kind of emphasise some of the bits that you mentioned there, for, for me, the, the one that really does stand out is individuality. Because, you know, if we take it right back to the thing I said at the beginning, the, these instructors now that are, have been mentioned that are earning £100,000 a year plus as, as group class exercise professionals, whatever we want to term them as, like I said, they didn't get there just by being the same as all the other instructors. They have this uniqueness about them, this ability to just sweep people up and take them on that journey and make them be absolutely gutted at the end of the session that it's over and want to come back for yeah. more. Um, and there are a number of brands, you know, that build themselves around that whole experience that participants had or have in those sessions. And that's for me being unique, having your own voice, really, really important. So never ever forget that take the best bits model the best bits from those that you surround yourself with as you said and develop your own being as it were um, hugely hugely important particularly if you want to make this industry a career for you rather than yeah. you know a sideline employment or hobby so to speak and that that's fine if that's your journey that's your path then fantastic excellent yeah. stuff but if you want to make this a career put yourself out there make sure that you are the best version of yourself you can possibly be so yeah thanks for your time again today phil it's been really great talking to you about this subject um there's loads more we could talk about i'm sure but i think we've we've hit some of the key points there so all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for your time phil thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the active iq podcast and i will put links to the documents the instructor pay and the impact of instructor quality in the physical activity sector in the notes linked to this podcast so thanks, Phil, and have a good weekend. And I will speak to you very soon, no doubt. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Jim. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.